Welcome to Wildly Tarot, a weekly tarot podcast offering messages, medicine, and magic for the people. Hello, seekers. This is Wild Lee of Wildly Tarot and Wild Moon Medicine Collective for Women. And I'm here today with a new podcast interview with my friend and peer, Jenny Lee, Jenny Ember Lee. Everything. <laughs> the Sacred Wholeness. And uh, she's here for her second podcast interview. We're diving in today on the themes of trust vocal empowerment, the lover's card, and the rise of the divine feminine and how that is expressing itself in our lives as we continue to weave our lives within the patriarchy. So welcome to our podcast today. Thank you for showing up, Jenny. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes, this is a, this is always such a treat to be able to just share conversation with other bright beings. Mm. I really have been leaning in and enjoying the way that conversational geometries like feed a larger consciousness outside of just the one. Mm. And it's, I'm here for it. It's just so beautiful and inspiring to be using our voices to, to continue to feed the, the collective consciousness. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty important to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I've, I've listened to some podcasts that have changed literally the way that I think and feel and be in the world. It's like the most easily accessible way to tune in and um, upgrade the way you might be thinking about specific topics. If you're willing to discern what you're actually digesting mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you're walking in here today, how are you feeling today? Mind, body, heart, and soul. What's present for you? <sighs> I'm feeling really energized in a way that could feel like anxiety if I didn't have tools to, to move it. And I just gave myself a short little breath work, which is uh, a new and very deep and potent medicine for me to carry and be in relationship with that really is a way to alchemize and metabolize and integrate and get out of my own way being like the mind and just come come into the embodiment which which knows how to move energy and knows how to let go this body is so so intelligent and so beautiful and so intuitive and so I'm feeling grateful for for that medicine, for that way. I'm feeling grateful for my body that is continually speaking clearer and louder and more unapologetically (laughs) with what, what it needs, what I need, that we're not one. It's not this like, my body wants a cookie and I'm like, no, you don't. It's like, what do do, it's, it's all one. What do I need? Do I want the thing? So I'm just grateful for the ability and the willingness rather honestly to to start listening deeper to the intelligence and the experience and the wisdom of the body mm. and and give that some some more of my conscious awareness instead of just the 
the windy waves of thought and idea. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious, what does anxiety when it's on that texture of the spectrum, what does anxiety feel like for you in your body? Oh, wow. It's a new thing. I've, I've lived a life full of a lot of coping mechanisms. Mm. And the past year has probably been the cleanest that I've, that I've lived and also the most um, unsocial. And I've realized how socializing and relating have also been co coping mechanisms and, and co uh, conversations and relationships are incredibly grounding. So it's been a perfect storm for me to really actually have a clear pulse on what my energetic state is. And for me, the anxiety, I get really cold. Mm. I start to get really cold and I start to kind of get like shaky. And it, it feels like, um, like a constriction, like a deep soul level constriction where like my blood is coming into the center so that like, I think that feeds into the frigidity. And I've read from some of the Gene Keys texts that frigidity is a, is a response to, uh, it's, I mean, literally it's a freeze response, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's technically, it's pretty obvious what's going on there. And to learn how to build capacity with that response and to, to learn how to listen to the trauma response or whatever the intelligence of that response to various sorts of stimuli or various thoughts and belief systems that are being triggered from the outside stimuli has been in a, a process of just learning how to be with lots of energy, mm. whether it, we would deem it good or bad or pleasure or pain. It's just a, it's just a lot of energy. And so for me, the prayer and the practice has really been to increase the capacity in my body to be present with lots of energy. And that kind of feeds into a lot of my recent experiences of being so inspired, so excited, so alive, so like it's moving through me. Thank you life for choosing me to be a vessel for spirit incarnate. Like in it, there's just so much that moves in and through the body. And so the excitement is still there. And if the excitement isn't really honored and grounded, it can be, can give me some anxiety. And it's really, I'm learning when I listen to the anxiety instead of being like, oh shit, <laughs> not again, but can listen to it as a call to action of like, okay, what does my body need to be able to actually process and handle the amount of energy that I am and that I'm in relationship with in the, in the outside world? Mm, mm. This feels yeah. really linked to what we were kind of tiptoeing around before we hit the record button with regards to this idea of trust, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we come into these uncomfortable places, because it's uncomfortable when we step into yeah. energetic territory, it's just uncomfortable because it's yeah. unknown. Just like if I get dropped off in a city where I can't speak the language, I'm going to be fucking uncomfortable because it's just a new experience. Yeah. So uh, what I'm hearing in your in your languaging is that you are really leaning on this deep intrinsic trust that your body knows what she's doing. Yes. Yeah. 
And I'm also feeling that piece of like, it's uncomfortable because it's unknown. And it's also uncomfortable because I've been told that it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of conditioning that, I mean, as you know, people in our sphere that are emergent visionaries of new thought, there's, I mean, there's just layers and layers and layers of being like, who said that anxiety is bad? Like, is anytime I experience something that I don't want, and I love your language, and I've really integrated it pretty well into my life, but like, this is an experience that I don't prefer. And even then, like, what if anxiety was just this beautiful experience to call me into something that is really nourishing and expansive for my body? It's like reaching the edge, a new edge of experience. And not only is it uncomfortable because it's unknown, but there's all this ancestral cultural patterning that's like, we don't do this. Nobody in your family has ever done this, which is like expand into the discomfort. And so it really does feel like, mm, for me, it honestly feels just like, what's the other option? (laughs) If I, if I don't show up for this and learn how to trust my body, that it knows what it's doing and it's just information and I can bow down to the altar of my physical experience and be like, what are you here to show me? Mm. And let go of my mind that says, I know what's going on. and, And it's actually, I don't know. I've just been told. And the other option is just to continue to perpetuate the old story. And I'm truly bored with it (laughs) like really really bored totally yeah (laughs) and the old story just really doesn't apply to now right like we've we've outpaced our biology in two generations with the technology that we're putting (laughs) out there we upgraded the amount of frequency waves that we are purposefully putting out into our environment like it's just a vastly different world than our ancestors lived in. And so of course the body is having adjustments in how it's going to interact and be with this environment. And one of my favorite quotes, uh, Fritz Perls is fear is excitement without breath. Yes. And when I read that it landed so deeply for me, like, Oh, I've, feel excitement and fear. It feels the same in my body. I would almost link anxiety right. with it. It's just this frequency of this is unknown. My body's putting out adrenaline. My brain is being bathed with some chemicals to put me on the alert because I'm in an unknown situation. Mm-hmm. I have a long history of stories about what has happened to me in unknown situations. And yet I can breathe into that and register and say, oh, I'm really uncomfortable here, but am I safe relatively? Right. Like, right. oh, still have a roof over my head. I have clothes on my body. I've got water. I've got food. I've got connection. Okay. How, yeah, leaning into retraining the mind body to actually be more present with what is. And so mm. I. I know that you do a lot with the breath work and you mentioned the breath and I would love, I'd love to explore that a little, how, how breath wave is supporting you with this new relationship to anxiety. Yeah. Beautiful. And 
I really, that's such a great one-liner because <laughs> it, it just makes sense that, that any experience in the body is just experience. And then the mind is like, this is good. This is bad. This is this. And so we, one of my teachers, Luis Mojica, he's a somatic therapist and talks a lot about like overcoupling that if I feel uncomfortable, that now means that I'm not safe. And we learned that story as young beings, as people that have been imprinted with lots of other people's experiences as well. And so the breath experience is, the magic of it is it's a sustained state of safety in the body. And the mind or the story or the spirit is going to pendulate between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. The more that the breath activates a lot of energy. It's amazing. Like, I think my teacher says that we breathe at like a 20, 30% capacity, generally, no matter if you're like a runner or not. And so when we start to breathe and in like, you know, it's also like we only use like 10% of our brains or something like we're operating at a really, I don't know, I, we, there's more, there's more that we could be doing potentially and nothing is good or bad. And so during a sustained experience of breathing at a larger, longer capacity, you are just generating more energy, more prana, like you're breathing prana, which is just energy. And so the body will get activated in various forms, depending on where you're at at the day, depending on how much you breathe, depending on what you're bringing as your prayer. And so to experience a lot of energy while maintaining a state of safety the the trick with the breath wave specifically it's conscious connected breathing so you're breathing without a pause and another main tenet that's really powerful for sustaining this experience of safety is that the exhale is fully surrendered and it can be really subtle in a lot of yoga and a lot of um meditation practices there's a lot of breath control and this is really about like like you can just let it go and that experience of just being able to surrender within the experience of being activated is um god it's so beautiful and it it awakens such a deep space of being held of being in relationship with the unity consciousness that can dissolve the mind that wants to hold and control. And something that I've really been thinking about recently is the mind's ability to be anywhere. I can be in the past, in the present, in the future. I could be looking at the river and then thinking about Iceland, like all at the same time. It's fascinating and it's not here. And the thing that I've, <laughs> the thing that I love about the body <laughs> among many things is that it actually can only be in one place at one time. So it is, it demands presence. And so when we go into a breath pattern that is so, it's probably a better word than demand, um, it just is it just is presence and when we go into the sustained experience of just being in our bodies 
as deeply as we can and feeling how much that can open that, that then the body becomes the guide of, of true presence and what the nervous system gets to experience when it's actually present is quantum healing. It's this, it's safety. It's we open to receive information when we're not filling our heads with all kinds of other information and we get to love ourselves and be ourselves. And it's, it's so simple and yet so profound to truly trust ourselves and trust our bodies enough to be in them. Mm-hmm. And for so many people, I'm, I'm willing to even say like a broad statement here, like most people, the body's not a safe place mm-hmm. because they have pain, because their body has been the domain of lifetimes worth of judgment and neglect and abuse. And so it truly is one of the bravest things to, to be willing to come into the reality of the body mm-hmm. and to practice presence and to practice safety there Mm. and it's beautiful when when the body finally gets to be honored for what it is which is the vehicle for this consciousness that we that we are Mm. yeah and just like we were speaking earlier for someone who's not used to this territory it might be really scary or anxiety Mm -hmm. might come up or it might be very uncomfortable to get into a body that you have maybe unconsciously kept numb for decades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of compassion there for the schism that is in most people in their mind body that's really based on our culture and mm, a culture that's really built on having us not trust ourselves so that we're always looking outside of ourselves for that expert, for that product, for that experience, for that government to save us, for that man to give us the solution. I mean, it's really a culture of powerlessness. And sometimes when I'm really far out there, I sit and and talk to some friends and I'm like, do you think that there's like a genetic mutation where humans now prefer powerlessness? (laughs) Like it it would seem, Mm -hmm. right? And as you were speaking, I just, I saw this image of, I did a cold plunge yesterday and then walk back to the house. And then like the thing where like your toes start to warm up and it's so painful. I feel like we've, all of the energy has gone up to the mind and to the head and to not presence. And so as the energy starts to come back into the body, I feel like it's like the thawing of the toes where it's like, oh God, it'll pass. But like, ow, should I put them back in the ice? I don't know. It's like, it hurts to come back into actually feeling. Yeah. 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 And it hurts on multiple levels. You know, it hurts in the body because you become aware literally of the physical aches and pains and imbalances that maybe have been caused by patterns of staring at your phone or eating badly or not exercising or whatever, no judgment, no shame, just that is the way of the world. You do something over and over again, there's a consequence. Yeah. And then there's also 
uh, the overlay of the emotional pain when you mm -hmm. come to that place of recognizing how you have perhaps betrayed your body over your lifetime even unconsciously it's still so yeah. painful like this has been yeah. a journey in the last few yeah. years of truly acknowledging like oh these are the ways I've betrayed myself instead of yeah. in victim consciousness and projecting to all the others whom have harmed me really coming to own the ways in which I've harmed myself and it's yeah. not good or bad. It's just truth. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a deep grief. Mm. And I've walked that. I have, I don't know how, I guess, yeah, people might not know. I had about an almost nine year, very solid uh, experience with bulimia. And it was just, it was a debilitating eating disorder, despite my high functioning ability, because this is what we do. We can, we're resilient. And I remember doing a breath with my partner and I could feel like little bits of my diaphragm that were just so stuck. And I'm like, how did this how did this happen? And I was like, oh, I was throwing up three times a day for eight years. Oh my God. Like my body wasn't even safe from me. And like, let's define me, right. As like this dominating, um, force colonizer <laughs> a little bit of like, uh, of an, of a, of an I self-consciousness that had no regard for the well-being of my body and no respect for it as actually would I know that I was conscious if I didn't have a body? Like this thing is pretty, pretty miraculous. And through a breath, I was just overcame with deep, with deep, deep, deep grief to the point that I had never felt before around my eating disorder. And I've, I've grieved a lot of that experience in my life. And it was, it was ecstatic. It was wild. It was so much. <laughs> there was just so much. And then on the other side, once I could feel the grief for the damage is done, the fact that I was, I couldn't even trust my, my own mind to keep my body safe was a level of self-compassion that I had never known and truly like self-love. And I remember finally when it was done, like I needed to let the grief, like have it, all of it, every last drop. Yep. And then hours later, I finally, I go to the bathroom and brush my teeth and I look in the mirror and I just started crying and I'm like, oh, she's so beautiful and just like just like touching myself and like looking at myself with new eyes that I'd never seen myself with before mm. because I let myself feel the grief that that truly was and and borderline is a collective experience of the self not trusting the self right in any of the different facets that fall under the category of self and it is heartbreaking and it is terrifying and maybe there's nothing to do but to feel that pain and then the pain becomes the portal to unbound self-compassion maybe there's other ways to get to self-compassion but in my experience it really is just like what is the thing that you don't want to feel and that's that's the way mm -hmm. that's been my yes. experience too discomfort is the portal yeah for expansion in my in my life anyway yeah well, that's not true. I've also had blissful, ecstatic experiences that have also been portals. But with regards to shadow work or digesting the past, mm -hmm. it felt like that movement through 
I don't, I don't even really like using the word pain anymore because it's so loaded. Yeah. It's just moving through density in sense. Yeah. You know, like when I'm in my body and it's open and it's free, then I think of that as pain free, but it's not really true. There's lots of sensation there. And then when it's dense or stuck, then, you know, my brain wants to call it pain. But I just like those labels. They just seem yeah. so limiting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But hearing what you're talking about here, I'm getting, I'm getting this visual of the lover's card. If you want to show for people who are watching the video here, for those of you who don't know, 2022 is um, encompassed in the lover's card. <laughs> Jenny is quite the lover. <laughs> and um, what I'm being drawn to is how the lover's card, for my interpretation of it is how our internal landscape is reflected externally. That is what lovers do, right? When you're falling in love, mm. you have that cascade of wonderful brain chemicals because someone actually wants to know you they want to be in you and see you fully like that's what the lovers yeah. encapsulates and so for me when it comes up in a reading it's all about oh what is your external reflecting to you about what's mm. happening internally yeah. yeah and so with that idea i'm so curious with your original experience of this new energy that we've labeled anxiety but is really just the electric mm -hmm. the masculine perhaps if you use that cosmology that energy moving through your body how is that being reflected externally in your life oh well <laughs> <laughs> how is it there's there's lots of things that have been being reflected to me recently um honestly a handful of experiences where what I say and how I've been communicating has been completely taken a, a, an op the, the opposite way of what I thought yeah. it would have been taken and there's been a lot of crunch and one friendship that might now no longer be there was an experience with my mother that had to be that got to be remediated in our relationship, then deepened over it, but it was a crunch. And mm, I feel, I feel the, the like the texture of just like honesty. That and and honesty beyond what I want, or what I'm prepared for, or what I have capacity to even understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a tricky piece of like oh, I was just sharing from here. How could you possibly take that that way? And unraveling the expectations and the judgment coming back to like, okay, interesting. What have, what was my role? Is there something here that I wasn't seeing? There's truth everywhere. That's the thing about trusting oneself or truth that it's not like a, an objective thing. It's very fluid. It's, it's like air. <laughs> it's, it's really ungraspable and it's changeable. And it's, it's just so, in my opinion, really not what the collective thinks that it is potentially. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's been a lot of opportunities for me personally to come back into a very humble space of 
what's actually, I mean, it's all an invitation when we allow ourselves to agree with this, the external is a reflection of the internal, then no matter what the situation externally is, if I'm, if I'm rooted in my humility enough and I can come into the breath when it's something that I wouldn't prefer, it's an invitation to learn something. And I can bow to each of these experiences that have like taught me more about myself than maybe I would have been able to have learned about myself if I wasn't in relationship with the world that was being mirrored back to me. Mm-hmm. And so... That looks like signing up for uh, trauma-informed nonviolent communication course. <laughs> uh-huh. Nonviolent communication has supported me a lot. Yeah. In the last few years and learning how to make requests and um, letting go of my expectations that they will be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And I love in your story what I heard was that what is being mirrored to you externally is that you're developing really clean, clear boundaries on the inside and that that is creating tension with people who perhaps um, had been projecting a different version onto you that isn't actually true. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like sometimes when we, I believe that we have to experience discomfort to be able to build this like capacity for discomfort. Yep. And I, I feel like me and the great mystery have this beautiful agreement where when I need to learn things, they will present themselves for me to experience. And, and that feels good. That feels like I can trust everything, no matter how crunchy or inconvenient or embarrassing uh, the situation is that if I can remember and choose that I get to decide what I trust and what I don't, and I deeply trust that everything is for my highest evolution. And if I'm at odds with that, and I go into the victim mentality of like, I didn't deserve this, this person's out of, out of line, then yeah, once again, like I know what that story is like. I've lived a lot of time there. and there's almost just like an exhaustion. It's like, what's the other option here? Mm-hmm. And the other option is trust. And how that's not the first option, I have no idea. But to lean, it really does feel like a trust fall of like, you know, you bring in the energies of surrender and like the texture of, of actually being one with everything. I'm not that separate from these other individuals that are also having this uncomfortable experience that I gifted us. <laughs> And to trust myself enough to know uh, that I don't have to like know everything, that I don't have to uphold some version of myself that is beyond uh, humility, Mm. that is beyond needing to learn things. And I would even weave in here, like with the lover's card, like there's a process of self-soothing and I've been hearing a lot in the field that like, and this could be in the theme of, of the lover's card for this year around codependency is really coming up to be healed. Yes. And I, I look at that as like codependency with people, codependency with ideologies, codependencies with systems and structures. And there's like a codependent pattern with, with a lot of things that we're in relationship to our bodies or, I mean, 
don't know how that one would work, but you know, the way that we're once again, kind of perpetuating this pattern of powerlessness. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel and trust the way that that's being collectively in from where I'm sitting um, up for healing, whatever people want to want to decide what that means. And totally. yeah, totally. It's um, for myself, it feels like the opposite side of that coin is sovereignty, right? Like if we are mm -hmm. all standing in our sovereign being ness and approaching relationships and everything external to ourselves from that place of I know who I am I respect myself and therefore I respect you to know who you are and then yeah. interacting hmm, on an energetic basis that's that feels like where I have started to transition to is that I look at all of my relationships energetically yeah and so if our energy is in the same frequency the same vibration I mean it's basic physics then we're going to be magnetized to each other. We're going to attract one another. We're going to vibe together. It's going to be great. And if our value systems change, if something changes in our life, if we get new learning and we go a different direction, then we're going to be in dissonance and we're going mm -hmm. to repel one another, just like two magnets do when they're, you know, put back to back or whatever. And it's not good or bad. Yeah. It's the point that I'm getting at. It's like when we can take out the taking it personally piece. Yeah and just be present with, oh, maybe our contract is complete, or maybe we made a contract so that I could place you in this discomfort to question why you had that expectation. And who knows how that's going to unfold for you three years from now, when right. you're suddenly like, oh my God, I get what was going on or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That taking it personally piece, I would actually love to hear you riff like, how does one practice taking life less personally? It's, it's a big thing because we're living as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And of course, I'm not perfect at it. I am still practicing. But for me, what has helped the most, I think, is that I have allowed myself to clear out the emotional dross that I've been carrying. Like, I feel mm. like I can say pretty honestly, I've moved most of the stuck stuff that I had in my body. Like, I have had multiple dark nights of the soul as far as my past is concerned. I have no idea what's coming in the future. I know I have tons of grief ahead of me, but I've done a lot of digestion Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like at this point, for the most part, I can interact in relationships and be present with what is in that moment. Mm -hmm. The only times I'm still really getting triggered, like occasionally my partner Ben can, can get me and my father can still get me. So I still have work to do with the masculine, which we will talk about, but clearing that out which is all trauma response, right? Like taking things personally is all trauma response. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you can't understand why I would feel that way because of this part of my story. Mm. Or I found that coming up a lot a few years ago where I would be like, I told yeah. you that story. Can't you understand why that would offend me? And yeah, not really allowing myself to 
take the time to vulnerably express what I was feeling in that now moment with I statements and making requests. That's where the nonviolent communication comes in. So yeah. when I feel myself, because I am a fire dragon, I get angry. Like it's, there is, there is lava inside of me. Like, yeah. <laughs> Holly is one of my closest deities, right? <laughs> and so when I feel that come up, I've gotten to the place where I, I bow down to it and I say, okay, you've come up because a boundary has been crossed. Like, first thing, I can acknowledge a boundary has been crossed here somewhere. Now, I can assess it and say, okay, where's my piece of that boundary? Where is this person's piece of that boundary? And digest what's there. Mm -hmm without necessarily assuming that they're the bad person yeah because if i'm honest when i look at it usually it's a boundary that was crossed that i was not necessarily clear on right it kind of goes back to that thing of like what are the external experiences that are being mirrored internally yeah 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 and so then that onus is on me to take to be response able in the situation and say, oh, that's true. My boundary was crossed. That's truth. And I own that. I deserve my boundaries to be respected. Now that I see and know the boundary, how do I language it so that this person can understand and receive what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you spoke earlier about being crunchy. I love that word. And the crunch comes in like yeah. people get crunchy particularly if they're not as skillful in that type of communication yeah and so not only are you in the place of having a conversation where you're you're really trying to show up we may also at times be helping to teach other people to show up in that way as well mm, right like i i have experienced that a lot when when I'm the one taking something personally and the other person's like, it's not about you. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's not, about, of course it's about me. It's everything about me. And to just, I mean, that's, that's a collective consciousness thing that we like, the more that we do, whatever the work that we, that, that it is to hold ourselves, to heal ourselves, to steady and root and boundary and love ourselves. It ripples out. And that's like, that's something that I just keep, uh, coming back to just like hope yeah. knowing that there like there is a movement part of the anxiety piece that I was feeling this morning is that I do feel like I'm part of a movement and like there it's, it's moving me and if I'm the anxiety comes when I'm still or when I'm like stagnant there's different textures of stillness but if I can just move it and move it through me and feel its relationship to everything else. That's, I feel like that's what it wants to do is to, mm -hmm. to inspire the movement. And I love this, yeah, this piece because it's so important, and especially when we're we're in a reality that's relational, highly, highly relational. And learning how to be in right relationship starts with a relationship to ourselves. Yep, and I think it also what I have been experiencing a lot is coming to a place of getting rid of these expectations that we have that people will always show up the same way. Mm, right? yeah. like, 
when my partner and I do get into crunch, that is always his go-to response. He's like, how can I keep up with your boundaries? They're always changing. Mm. And if we hold on to that story, then yeah, it's really uncomfortable. But what if, what if we start to assume, oh, this person is a new person every time I walk in the door, every time this person wakes up, I get the grand opportunity of relearning who they are in this now moment based yeah. on what changed yeah. the last time we interacted. And if we can take that energy to every relationship that we have, yeah. to every project, to every job, to every new mm. experience, with that curiosity, how exciting that could be. And it really lessens up the stress of that codependency that you're speaking of. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting that like that does, I mean, that just seems like so self-honoring and sovereignty honoring. You'd be like, show me who you are today yep. and talk about leaning into the unknown. You know, just imagining like, okay, every single person I know in my life, I'm just going to pretend like I don't know them. I'm like, oh God, that's exhausting. And you know, like we build relationships because we do want to know people. Mm -hmm. So I'm just feeling like the, the both and of it, that like, I do want to know you and I'm agreeing to not know you. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, it's that nuance, right? Because yeah. you do still know the person, you know, their history, you know, the bulk of what yeah. you've learned through the experience. I, my body is teaching me this lesson. As you know, uh -huh. I've been in perimenopause for five years now. And, you know, you feel like you know your body so well. And then to go through an experience of it changing, I mean, they call yeah. it the change. Like, it's a <laughs> major experience that female-bodied humans go through. Yeah. And it's it has just given me so, so much wisdom to be like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to just be with what is present today. What is my energy level today? What does my body feel like today? Do I want to be intimate today? Do I want to be touched? Do I not want to be touched? Like mm -hmm. all of this spaciousness to actually get to know myself on a daily basis and to yeah. recognize how much in my previous decades I did not give myself yeah. that space because I was codependent, because I was in victim energy, because I was in martyr energy, because I was so consumed by the external that I was not in my body. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. Like, so again, it's like coming back to that nonviolent communication, even with ourselves. That's it. Yeah. All of the, the the codependency, the nonviolent communication, learning how to trust, repopulating the body with its own consciousness. Like this is all, it all, it all starts, it's all within, okay. you know, and it, it's, once again, it seems like such a simple thing, but it doesn't make it easy because then there's this piece of self-responsibility that a lot of people don't have actual capacity for. Mm. And I know in like the early stages of my healing evolution taking responsibility for everything that happened in my life was too much like literally I, I like I had I had like a shot glass and was trying to pour like a gallon into it and it's like I, I can't do this and so there really is this this compassion piece this 
trusting piece that like it's a it's a walking it's a living it's a practice it's an unfolding that we come into being able to really you know in this in this way being like this is my life and everything that I'm experiencing is, is something inside of me that's being mirrored back to me the good the bad the left the right the things that are, are nameless before judgment and to really like wow wow, that's how it works. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And oftentimes I've noticed in my practice and with some of, uh, some of the various forms of clients that I have, the mind is like, oh, I got it. Totally got it. That makes sense. Got it. And the body is still getting triggered. The body is still overcoupling trauma responses with this like, oh, I feel uncomfortable because my partner doesn't want to touch me right now. That means I'm unloved. So should I leave? Should I move out? <laughs> whoa where did that come from and so the body is like where the trauma lives as a sensory experience and I think once again like you mentioned earlier the mental capacity like can adapt and it has it's been amazing to look at the world and technology and be like whoa and then there's a new thing and then it's like I don't even (laughs) I can't keep up do I want to keep up this is interesting like we're living in a very ungrounded time that's continuing to move faster and faster and faster and faster. And that just is the reality of the situation. And to come back to like, just grace with the body that it, it cannot move that fast, nor, nor should we expect it to. And that's why I love the breath work. I mean, I do a lot of really powerful vocal empowerment work, but even that is very cerebral and story and about trauma and fear and voicing. And the voice is a way to, to really unite the body and the mind because it's like you become this resonant chamber and you can only say one thing at a time. So it's also a practice of presence. But the breath is such a gentle tool to just slowly start to increase the capacity mm-hmm. for the reality for the reality of all things, <laughs> mm-hmm. for the reality of what's going on. And to let the body catch up, you know, if, if it ever will, <laughs> it's a whole another conversation, but, you know, to let the body be like, Hey, Hey babe. Hey, beloved. This is, I've been going through a lot and I'm going to actually spend some time with you instead of dragging your ass around on a chain. You know, I'm imagining like going for a walk with a, with a dog and the dog or like a puppy and the puppy doesn't want to walk anymore and you're just like dragging it <laughs> instead of stopping and being like hey little pup <laughs> do you do you need to be carried would you like to walk are you thirsty like what do you need are your legs okay you know just checking in with this with the thing that makes all life on earth possible mm-hmm pretty magical like it's pretty magical that we are these psycho spiritual beings that get the privilege of embodying yeah little animal containers yeah and even trusting that I mean that's kind of far out but I think about like the part of humanity right now that wants to be God and already is God but there's this like know everything be everything be in every like it's just I can feel this like all I have for it is sounds right now. (laughs) (laughs) And yet for me, part of the healing has been to come back and be like, 
I can trust the fact that I'm a human having a human experience. Maybe I'm not supposed to know everything. Maybe I'm not supposed to feel everything. Maybe I'm not supposed to get on my phone and take in thousands of people's experiences in a 10 minute window. Like, wait a minute, what is like the, mm, I don't know how to say this. What is the the actuality of the human experience? Like it has limitations and like, can I, for me, it's like, can I trust those limitations? Can I trust the fact that I'm human, which is so much, and then also only human? And yeah, there, there is that piece of being, being infinite within a finite form. And can I trust the fact that I'm finite right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and that being human has all of these experiences. And somehow the part of me that's eternal and infinite is here right now. And how much can I just be here instead of? <laughs> well, and to know that, that that piece of infinite is here in the finite because it wants to feel yeah. what yeah. it feels like. It wants to feel the anxiety. It wants yeah. to feel the grief. It wants to feel the crunch. It wants to feel the density. Right, that this isn't a mistake. Like, wow, infinite, all of everything that the life force behind all things, I believe is like this cosmic oneness. And somehow part of that wanted to be a Jenny. Part of that was like, I wanna be a wild. And we're like, okay. And you know, some people never question that. And some people are walking around their whole life just like, what, what is going on? And I really, yeah, coming back to trusting the body. That the body is this, is the experience. Mm. infiniteness is not the experience right now Mm. being embodied is the experience right now Mm -hmm. and then you know you have an amazing breathwork session you're like no I'm definitely in the infinite it's all the same (laughs) (laughs) it feels so good that infinite it does it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing I've had enough experiences of it that you you can see what the draw is to that infinite totally and in breath, there's this thing, I don't know, I can't speak to it incredibly well, but it's called the unconscious source urge. And then some people refer to it as the unconscious death urge. And so like in a breath session, um, sometimes the breather will stop breathing. And it's different than falling asleep because some people fall asleep, you're cozy, you're breathing, you're like blankets on, you're like, <laughs> nap time. But this is different. Like literally the spirit, the soul will leave the body for up to like three minutes. And then the breather rarely knows that that's happening. I, I've actually, I don't know anyone that was like, yeah, my soul left and then came back. And it's called the unconscious source urge, the unconscious death urge, because the spirit is having such a hard time being embodied that it is trying to escape and go back to the oneness of all things. It's trying to go back to source where, as far as I know, everything's really awesome. And you just dissolve into to the everything. And I don't know what that's like. <laughs> but that there is this longing for that experience. And the belief has been that that experience can't happen inside of the body. Mm. That to be one with everything is anywhere but here, anywhere but this form. Because if I have a form, then that means I'm different than your form. And I like to think about this like trees or, or mycelium, that there's all these different fruiting bodies 
and they look very different and they can become different and they can be separated and, um, you know, all the things that we do with those things. <laughs> and above ground, like in the light, everything looks really different. But then underground in the shadow realm, everything's connected. Like literally everything is woven under this crust of the earth and, and then just gets more coalesced as you get to like the core of the earth, right? And I come back to that visual as a way to ground the part of me that is lost in the narrative of separation. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to think of it too. You know, like we all share the same air, just like fish all share water. Like the air that was, is within me is the same air within you. And it doesn't like, we are all connected in that yeah. way. And I've done enough energy work long distance to know that yeah, like nothing's impossible. I mean, look at us. We're having a recording right now and you are multiple miles away from me. And like, what the fuck is the internet if that yeah. doesn't show us how connected everything in life is, right? <laughs> that should be like a whole a whole podcast series of what the fuck is the internet. <laughs> Mm. A note on the internet actually is it is something that I've noticed when I have a lot of anxiety. It's it's worse when I spend more time on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're having these mental, emotional, like my body's feeling activated, but you're not actually here in the room with me to regulate with you. Mm. Let alone we go into these Zoom meetings where there's tons of people and then we just turn the camera off and we're alone in a room. Like my nervous system has no idea what to do with that much information. And it's, 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 it's a, uh, I don't know. Okay. Whatever. I'll just say it. The internet is designed for disassociation. Mm. And because we're involved with so much data, that's not in person. That's an incredibly new thing for the body. Yeah. And I mean, if you've ever gotten in a fight with someone on FaceTime, or zoom probably not but maybe or whatever you can imagine and then you don't know what to do and you hang up and you're like wait a minute now I'm activating and I just had this relationship with somebody and there's nobody here and oh I just this is just more grace and compassion building for everybody on the earth right now because this is what we're going through Mm. and I think our nervous systems are getting more and more like ratcheted and manipulated and it's getting harder and harder to track that my nervous system's off kilter because it's borderline becoming the norm. And so coming back to any practice that involves the body, whether that's dance or yoga or lovemaking or breath work or hiking, it's like, I mean, I'm getting far out there, but it's okay. <laughs> you can think about like AI and how much has been automated and we're losing we're losing the fact that the human body is valuable. Yeah. And as the future unfolds in the way that it does, if we continue to just devalue the, what is important about having a human body present, I don't know, I'm gonna leave it at that. Like, it's just, it's very interesting. And, you know, a girlfriend sent me a song the other day that was like, I want to stay human. I want to touch and feel and know what's real. And it was just like, we're making songs about it. Like, oh my gosh, like 
it's just so, so important to be in our bodies as much as possible in a world that is, yeah, mm-hmm. not valuing them. Yeah. And, and I totally hear that perspective and honor that. And I had a dear friend, Karen Murphy, share with me recently that this planet is changing and humans are yeah. changing and there are going to be like different ways of humaning moving yeah. forward. People are going to make different choices around how much technology they allow into their bodies and into their lives and into their home space. And just as I trust my body as the microcosm of great mystery that it is, can I also trust the external in the macrocosm that great mystery also created that can I hold these changes without judgment and still make my sovereign choices moving forward and invite others into that choice as well, if it's in alignment for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, especially nowadays, I mean, just with all of the strife around vaccines and politics and racism and all of the things that we are divided on, like I feel a real reticence to add one more thing to divide ourselves on. So in full acceptance, yeah, there are going to be people who sign up for the metaverse and that is their jam and they're going to deregulate their nervous system to a different normal that operates from the mind space and can I allow that to be okay? Because it's none of my yeah. business. And that's like the, the existential trust. Can I trust that no matter what happens, it is. Yeah. It is. You know, and part of me is like, oh, this is all happening because maybe collectively, maybe in the Western world that seems to dominate global culture, there's been many, many generations of not valuing the body and so this is just a product of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hear you on, you know, not going too far into the realms of like, something's wrong and we have to fix it and save it. Like that's just also been down that path. And what's another way? What's a new way? And it's like, okay, how do I know what should or should not be happening yeah. in the world right now? And can I as a sovereign being be like, interesting. Yeah. Okay. This is happening. All I get to do is choose my path for me. Hopefully find other people that are on somewhat of the same bandwidth to connect with and to co-regulate with, Mm -hmm. you know, and. And invite others through our voice. Yeah really amplifying and allowing that frequency to ripple outward and trust that those who are magnetized to it are on that same trail. Yeah. But yeah, I I have found myself, it's, it just is, it is anxiety producing to try and focus on a future that is not yet here. (laughs) Judgment about it. You only only in free time, you know, it's just, yeah. just, just do when I'm chilling. What is free time? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's, and in that context, truly, of what's happening in the world right now, and to, to go from the paradoxes of 
everything is fucked and I have to do something to fix it to, I trust everything that's going on. I'm just going to take care of myself. The only, the only thing that will move a person from either spectrum is, is a choice and a choice that maybe does not have to come from the outside, but that comes from a deep intuitive knowing of like, what, what do I actually feel when I'm not being overly influenced? You know, am I actually okay with this? Do I actually trust the earth and the timelines and the thousands of year cycles that we go through that I don't know anything about? Or maybe I do, I just don't remember, you know, and, and honestly, what feels better in the body? Yeah. Does it feel better to trust the mystery and the chaos and the many, many things that, that I cannot understand? Or does it feel better in my body to be in strong disagreement and to fight and to be in the middle of, of the mosh pit. Mm -hmm. And yet there's a third way, you know, because I don't want to spiritually bypass either. Right. Like I do, because I have children, I do feel this intense need to add my voice to the way things are moving without being attached. Right. So, um, it feels important to be able to juggle that nuance of I'm here. Here's my, here's my voice. Here's my thoughts. I'd like to put it in the cauldron and stir it up. And I'm not going to allow myself to get too overly attached to how things end up on the other side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My mom has a saying that she used to say when we were, I mean, forever. And I didn't really believe her. I was like, sure, sure. And the more that we've healed our judgments and expectations of each other, I'm like, oh yeah. And it was just committed, but not attached. Committed, but not attached. I'm fully committed and I'm not attached. I love that wisdom. It's good. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. Yeah, and just like, what does that feel like in the body to be committed and not attached? Mm-hmm. And what does it feel like? I mean, yeah, oftentimes the mind, I feel like the brain, various functions of it in the, in the, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How can we like, let me just sit here and be present with my primal knowing device here, <laughs> aka the body and be like, what do I feel? And I feel like that's a, that's a piece of the, of the feminine leadership and the feminine power. That's like, I feel, I don't have to know. And maybe some of these old, old paradigms of knowing, trumping, feeling, and feeling lives in the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would almost reframe that a little to thinking and feeling like thinking is that electric polarity and feeling is the magnetic. And then you can know in either one of those mm, different right. way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that gut knowing versus that head knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I just noticed we've gone over time. I'm so Oh, excited. you and me? No one would have ever thought. <laughs> I know, right? But before we go, I would love for you to offer listeners and viewers what you got going on. How can they dive in deeper with your medicine and share your wisdom? Yes, thank you. I'm just feeling over here if anyone wants to come over and feel. <laughs> um, personally, I'm offering vocal empowerment deep dive counseling is really what I'm calling it um, on a one-on-one basis I'm doing workshops of that at times and offering one-on-one breathwork journeys that are some of the most healing medicine ceremonies I've ever been in and then me and my beloved are offering a self-love breathwork retreat over Valentine's Day weekend that'll be Friday through Monday morning and that is going to be so sweet and really just the prayer is exactly what we've been talking about how to be so anchored in self-love that that is then what is mirrored back to you from the world mm. through your relationships and it's a practice of healthy relating starting with the self mm-hmm. and really opening up curiosity with what are we even talking about <laughs> what is self what is love what is everybody's definition and i'm willing to bet that there's not one definition and just bringing in some softness and some curiosity and a lot of embodiment, a lot of psycho-spiritual counsel and truly lived experience of me and my partner's healing practices in our lives. And then what we've also learned in our relationship together that has been a crucible and also one of the most, if not the most beautiful relationship that I've ever known because we're both committed to coming back to our own centers even if I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I'm too personally. Your center looks really good right now and I would like to be there. (laughs) So it's going to be beautiful. We're going to breathe a lot. We're going to move a lot. We're going to eat a lot. We're going to share beautiful contemplative space a lot. And it'll be held a little bit in like a mystical poetic context because that's just who we are. And... Yeah, I think we're halfway, we're halfway full. So we have six spots left and it'll be held in White Salmon, Washington in the Columbia Gorge. And yeah, I also have an office in Portland and Hood River for those wanting vocal empowerment breathwork sessions. All of the booking and information can be found on my website, thesacredwholeness.com. And everywhere you go, I am the sacred wholeness. I feel like that's a really beautiful creepy tagline (laughs) everywhere you go I am the sacred wholeness (laughs) I love it I love it oh thank you so much Jenny for sharing thank you too energy and it's always a pleasure and I hope to have you again soon it is always a pleasure I love the meandering river of our minds getting to just enjoy each other so thank you so much for for the way that you hold this space Mm. and Hope to get to know some people through this and yeah, bless our bodies. Mm, bless our bodies. Love you. Love you too, babe. Thank you for tuning in to Wildly Tarot. If you are curious about me and my work, please visit my website at wildlytarot.com. You can also find me on all your favorite social media spaces at Wildly Tarot. 
I offer a variety of magical services, including one-on-one sessions, if you feel called to work with me. Also, if these messages serve you, please consider leaving me a review. Five stars and some honest words help others to find these messages to support them. It also really encourages me to continue offering this free content. Thank you so much for being part of the Joywork Collective.